This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good evening, Boston. This is Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. Again, this is Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. It is 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday night. And that's right, this is a brand new show that is going to be airing every single Tuesday night at 7.30 on AM 590 WEZE, The Word. We're a brand new show, so we want you to tune in to us and listen to us every Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. on WEZE, The Word. Now listen... There are a lot of different radio shows that are out there and radio shows that will bless your life, but we're one of those shows that are excited to be listened to by you, our listener, because we believe and we know that the supernatural power of God is able to change you where you're at right there in the Boston area. God has a plan for you, friend. He has a desire to change your life. He has a desire to begin transforming you by the power of His Word. And so if you're looking for a ministry that believes in healing, If you're looking for a ministry that believes in the supernatural power of God, you want to believe in the Word of God, or if you're looking to go deeper inside of the Word, you have found the right radio station. You found the right radio program. We here believe in God's healing power. We believe in God's delivering power. We believe in the power of prayer, in the power of intercession that breaks the power of darkness and breaks the grip of the enemy. And so we have a whole year of exciting broadcasts that are lined up for you to find you where you're at in Boston and begin to transform you by His Word. You know, the intent of this program, the Transforming Truth broadcast, is to inform you as a believer, to inspire you as a believer, to educate and prepare you to be the powerful believer that Christ said that you can be, and also with that become an exceptional member of society. Become an exceptional member of what God has called you to do. Now listen, all of our shows are going to be on our podcast. So if you are unable to tune in one week, if you miss out on a broadcast, don't worry about it. We have it covered. We archive them for you. You just have to go on to iTunes or another uh computer or wherever you get your podcast at and go to on the road with chris palmer and there you'll be able to listen to every show that we do as well as our other broadcast that airs in detroit michigan it's also called the transforming truth but we do different shows and so if you are looking for the archives in boston or you want to hear what's going on in the detroit michigan area You just go to On the Road with Chris Palmer, and you'll be able to find those, and they are absolutely free. No strings attached. We don't ask for anything other than for you to download them and be blessed. And also, as I am an itinerant preacher and and, and teacher of the Word of God, I travel the United States, you can go on to that podcast and find out uh, some of the preachings and stuff that I put on there as well, and they're free for you to enjoy. Also, we're a listener-supported broadcast, so if you want to... uh, support us if you want to pray for us or send us your financial contributions you can visit us at www.chrispalmerministries.com and you'll be able to support our broadcast and give financially and allow us as we continue to expand across the united states or if you don't like technology you just like the good old-fashioned 
handwriting and letters like snail mail, you can write us at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. And we want to pray and believe God with you, that God is going to bless you, He's going to increase you, He's going to multiply you. And we are believing that every listener will be taken deeper into the Word of God and that the anointing of God on your life will increase, that the presence of God will fill you wherever you're at, that God's spirit of joy and His spirit of power and authority will be multiplied in your life as you continue to grow in grace and the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're starting a series here to begin our show in the Boston area. Uh, based on Proverbs 28 and verse 2, and I want to read it in the New Living Translation, because I think this translation says it best. It says, When there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. Now I want to open up a series for the next few Tuesday nights, and I don't want you to miss them. And if you do... Like I just said, go on our podcast and get them. But this series is going to be called The Preservation of Society. Did you know, believer, that God has given us the Word of God, the Bible, as a plumb line or as a unit of measurement that we can use to figure out how He wants society to work as an architect God created society and gave us his word so that we can begin to govern and judge ourselves thereby and so i want to look at what his word says about how we can preserve it when you think of preserving something you think of how you know you preserve something for the winter time if you have a boat you take it and you wrap it up real nice and you put it in the garage so that when the winter comes and the snow gets around it doesn't ruin your boat and you can bring it back out and enjoy it during the summertime. When you preserve something, you prepare it and keep it in good condition for years and years to come. And, you know, when you look at society today and you look at governments and you look at the things that prepare leaders to stand in our governments, which are institutions, schools and universities and colleges, the question that we have to ask is are they being prepared not just to run society, but are they being prepared to preserve it, to keep it, to uh, give it and make it something that we can hand down to our children for years and years to come? Because what I have discovered is that the more and more selfish, the more and more uh, you know, self-centered and narcissistic that society becomes, the less and less people or free moral agents are to being willing to preserve it. They become like locusts and begin to use society as though it's their own private property and consume it for their own pleasure and consume it for their own habit and consume it for their own good. And they don't want to preserve it to give as something that we hand down to our children. And this is part of being a spirit-filled, born-again believer. You know, when you come into Jesus Christ and you're born again, one of the great things about being born again is that you have the understanding or the capacity to receive the knowledge of God, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. When you have the Spirit of God that can begin to teach you, you then begin to get God's understanding in His mind, or in other words, He begins to reveal to you 
the mind of God concerning how he would do things. And that includes your family, that includes your job, that includes everything that pertains to life and godliness. And one of those things is how he wants society to be governed and how he wants society to function. Now listen, um, in being a believer, it is important to be a good statesman. Now, we don't hear that every day in church. It's not every day that you hear someone even use the word statesman. So let me define it for you. A statesman is somebody that is involved in the highest well-being of the state or the society that one lives in. Now, the United States is made up of 50 separate states. And a statesman is somebody that when they consider the state that they're living in or the society that they're a part of, they want to be a good contributing member. And that's how we should be as Christians. You think back, how have you contributed to society? People that call themselves believers, and I'm not saying whether they are or they're not, you look at the contribution that they make to society, and it's not a positive one. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, when the fire and power of God come over your life, you become then the most active and best uh, contributor to society possible because you have the Spirit of God living in you. Hubert Humphrey, the 38th Vice President under LBJ of the United States, said that the essence of statesmanship is not a rigid adherence to the past, but a probing and prudent concern for the future. Now, I love this quote because he's telling us that as people that are filled with the Spirit of God, that we should have a concern for the future of our nation. And when you think about the future of our nation, you're thinking about our children, and you're thinking about their children's children, and what we are being told, <laughs> excuse me, by Hubert Humphrey, is that we have a part to play in this. And so, the Spirit of God, when He gets a hold of us, He doesn't just make us aware of the present. He'll begin to alert you and speak to each believer concerning the future. And so you don't need to be a politician to conserve society. Uh, I was telling someone about being a good statesman, and they automatically assumed that this was a political term. They thought of statesmen as people like Andrew Jackson and Thomas Jefferson and anyone else that served in a political function. And I says, no, that's not necessarily the case. A statesman is anybody that has a role to play in society, and a good statesman, somebody that plays a positive role in society. And so when you consider the state, which is another way of really talking about society, or it's where society functions, it's a governed society, a state is made up of its basic building block at the smallest, at the smallest unit, which is called the family. And the family is the basic building block of any society. When the enemy wants to throw a society off, when the devil decides that he wants to corrupt a society, he gets a hold of the family. And so, being the face, basic building block of society, how we deal with our families will ultimately determine what kind of statesman we are. For how we deal with our families will determine the greater good of society. So the question that I'm asking tonight as we begin to start this broadcast is what are we teaching our children through deed and through action? And so what I want to do quickly is I want to start off with five beginning 
beginning premises upon which we can preserve society. And you say, well, what do you mean by premises? What, what do you mean, what was the premise? Well, a premise is a foundation or basis on which all reasoning proceeds. So when you begin talking to somebody or telling them a fact or you tell them a story, you start with a premise. In other words, it's a presumed belief. Our belief is based upon what we first presume. And so what premises, what foundation beliefs are we teaching our children? Are we teaching our kids in school? What foundation belief do we have at our core? Do we ever stop to think about our basic core beliefs as believers and as people that are supposed to be contributing members of society? So these quick five premises I'm going to give you in just a few minutes are five foundational truths that we can start erecting our understanding on. And through these premises, we can begin to preserve society based upon these quick premises. And so before I even give you these, we have to understand that society is a spiritual reality. It is, you know... Not something that you can just overcast and overthrow and decide, well, we don't like the way society is now. We want to make society and change it completely. Society is a reality, and what you're seeing going on in society is what is taking place in the realm of spirit. Society has a divine design to it. This divine design came from the mind of God. God has given man law. You know what it says in Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7, that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And that the testimony of the Lord, it says here, is sure, making wise the simple. God in his infinite intelligence, he gave his law to mankind. And by giving his law to mankind, that law that he gave to man or to the state or to society out of that law comes our rights. So, apart from the law that God has given to us, there is no rights. Our rights as people in society are based upon God's laws. This is a premise. And if it's not coming out of God's laws, it's not a right. People spend so much time talking about rights today, but what they don't realize is that there is a difference between rights and wants. There is a difference between rights and desires. There is a difference between our rights and our aspirations. Because our aspirations and our desires, if they don't line up with the law that God has given the state and society, they are not rights. They are simply desires or they're simply aspirations. And the divine design that society has, has come from the laws of God. The way that God wants society to function. And when somebody comes in and starts questioning whether the laws of God are right and the laws of God is correct, the foundation by which the society that we have that is stood on begins to crumble and rights get confused. And we start thinking everything that we want or everything we desire or everything we can aspire or that we have hopes and dreams for automatically becomes our right. And that's not it at all. Our rights have to become, or have to, right is a child of law, in other words, is another way I could say it. And so, understand this, that mankind, even though it appears that we make law, mankind doesn't make law. Men have never made laws. The only thing that man can do is either enforce the laws that God has given us, 
or distort the laws that God has given us. But what we can't do is make laws. God gave us those laws already. It says in Psalm, like I said, Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7, that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And he's given us law because society comes from the, man, the mind or intelligent design. It is a spiritual reality with a divine design to it. Now listen, I want to give you just a few uh, premises that we can stand upon in an abiding society. Now I want to give these premises to the listener because, you know, I was talking to someone that was my age, uh, you know, in the prime of life. And they're out there listening to entertainment. And they're just swallowing hook, line, and sinker everything they hear that, uh, you know, our entertainers are giving them. Swallowing hook, line, and a new book comes out. They swallow it hook, line, and sinker. Something happens in pop culture. One of our celebrities or entertainers makes a statement about something, and that becomes the belief of the day. When people are swayed to and fro, they're like in James, where James says, in James chapter 1, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. Another way of saying that is somebody that does not have a premise that's in the Word of God, that does not start off with the Word of God as their foundation, this type of person is going to just believe anything they hear or the fad of the day. So here's a premise, five quick ones I want to give you real quick. Number one, a belief that divine intent rules society as well as conscience. So understanding this, we'll understand that society's problems are religious problems and they're moral problems. Keith Feeling, a professor of modern history at the University of Oxford from 1946 to 1950, said that there are great forces in heaven and earth that man's philosophy cannot plumb or fathom. We do wrong to deny it when we are told that we do not trust human reason. We do not and we may not. So one premise that we have to start off with is that an in divine intent rules society, not human reason, not mankind's suggestions. Mankind didn't put society together. God put society together. So when we start off with how we're going to see or our worldview, we need to understand that there is a divine God. There is a supreme moral governor of the universe, and he is the one that established society and gave us his law. And out of this comes our rights, and ultimately, as we'll see later, the duties that we have as a result of those rights. Um, number two, affection for the mystery of traditional life. That, uh, you know, we have a tradition that has been passed on to us by those that have learned uh, and paid the price of trial and error. And so the cheerful way for society to live is to respect to tr the traditions that our ancient forefathers have taught us over the years and years of society, the thousands of years of society, and these things that they have learned painfully through trial and error. And so conserving what has been proven to work over time is going to create an enjoyable society. So anybody that comes in that just decides they want to just overthrow what our founders said, overthrow everything that, you know, or, or rewrite or misconstrue the, 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 the wisdom that was given to us by our founding fathers, well, this is dangerous and we have to be careful for it. Another premise that we have to begin to establish ourselves upon is we have to have contempt for the notion of human perfectibility. There are a lot of people that want to believe that man is ultimately perfect. But uh, Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin is a terribly real and demonstrable fact. 
And so it is the consequence of human depravity. And the word of God or God's law is the consolation for sin and its ills. And faith in God's word makes existence in society tolerable. And so for society to function, we have to have the word of God. Uh, it needs to be inside the fabric or interwoven into the fabric of this nation because it's the word of God that curbs human imperfectibility the sin that's inside of man is only put in check by the word of god and when you remove the word of god you pull out the mainstays or you pull out the stops whereby that human depravity has been put in check next there's faith in prescription and distrust of the people who want to try the untested new and innovative ideas that have not been upheld through time this is progressiveness this is being a progressive Ambition, listen, ambition without restraint, it ends in failure. And so we need to realize that we can't trust people that are super ambitious of new ideas that have not been proven. We have to put a control upon our will and our appetites. And the way that we do this, again, is with the Word of God and with tradition and sound judgment that provides checks upon all of our impulses that want to try something new. And lastly, number five, is reform and change are not the same things. And so a lot of times we think that if it's innovative, it's a good idea. But understand this, innovation is often more of an injustice or a conflagration than it is a torch of progress. Society, yes, at times needs to alter itself. But as we adapt with the times and the seasons and the changes of society, we have to make sure that this alteration are necessary alterations and we have to make sure that they're slow alterations and they don't throw the wisdom of God's law or the wisdom of our forefathers out the window just because someone has a new innovative idea. And so these are five premises that have been time tested and proven. Belief that a divine intent rules society, affection for traditional life, contempt for the notion of human perfectibility, faith in prescription and distrust of people that want to try untested new and innovative ideas that have not been upheld through time, and finally understanding that not all change is good change, that we need to make slow changes in this society. Amen? So, we need to understand that as we seek to preserve society, as we seek to be good statesmen, we have to do it by the law of God. And this is our responsibility as born-again believers to seek to understand the will of God and teach the will of God to our children as we have concern for the future. This is just one way that we can preserve society. Well, God bless you, friend. This has been Chris Palmer on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. Send us your prayer request, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan. Before we go, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person listening. I speak the word of God over them. I pray you give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. May the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. May you fill them with power. Anyone that needs healing, I pray they'd receive healing now in the name of Jesus. I pray you give people a supernatural touch of your power today. We thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll be back next week, 7.30 p.m. PM, AM 590, WEZE. God bless, and we'll see you next week.